0: Officially living in the future, um, it's uh, it's a good good time to be here. Um, and Grace Hills, we're excited about all that God is doing in and through this church, and so we're thankful for you guys. Um, and so here we are. Um, I, before, we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 5 if you have a Bible. Um, you can start going there, and so that's what we're going to be teaching from today. Um, but be, before I get there, I want to I emphasize um, something that Brianna talked about, um, which is groups, okay? Um, we believe that in order for us to grow in our faith, that it has to happen in the context of relationship with other believers, Um, that we were not meant to do life alone. And so we cannot, um, over the next four weeks, we're going to strongly push and emphasize getting in a group Um, because you need godly men and women who may... And, and, and other men and women need you, okay? There, there's a mutual relationship that happens in groups that deepens our faith, that helps us grow in relationship with Jesus and with one another. And so we cannot um, more, emphasize, um, more greatly emphasize getting in a group. It's going to be super important um, to your faith journey. Um, and so we hope that you'll um, begin looking at, okay, what, what does this look like for, for me and my family to be a part of a group? There's five different group options. Um, and so, you, like I said, you can text GROUPS. Um, and this is going to be a great way. This is going to be a way, just so you know, we're going to do a lot of communication this way um, moving forward, so you might as well save that number in your phone um, and because that that's going to be something we ask you to do. Um, anytime we're signed up for stuff in the future as well. Um, so today we uh, kick off a brand new teaching series called Recalibrate. Um, we, we all, uh, I, I think when we come to the new year, when we come to January, there's something about it um, that, that makes us want to, okay, um, it's it's time for, for me to adjust and make some uh, tweaks to how I'm living my life um, and to really recalibrate. And so um, what we did is back in the fall, we spent 10 weeks walking through through the first part of the book of Ephesians. Um, and, and then we took a break for Christmas, and we spent three weeks doing some Christmas messages. Um, and now we're coming back to church, uh, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, and we're going to finish it out. Um, but, but we're rebranding um, this series, Recalibrate, because um, really here at the end of the letter to Ephesus, um, Paul hits on some so four kind of major topics that I think that we can use to recalibrate our lives and, and our faith this new year and so we're going to be talking about marriage parenting our work and our faith over the next four weeks and so today we're talking about how do we recalibrate our marriage and so here's what I want to say if you're in the room and you're not married I promise you I think there's something here for you okay um I, I know that, that 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 there's several of you in the room that, that are married. Uh and, and so here's the thing. Don't 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 get on Facebook and tune me out right now, okay? Um, I promise I think there's some things that, that are helpful for you even if you're not married today. Um and when we get to parenting, um like I, I think that there are some things for you even if you're not a parent, okay? Um and so so anyway, I I hope you'll you'll be engaged um in this series over the next few uh few weeks and so um, I, I found a, I found a video this week, and I thought it was just super helpful in helping us understand what marriage. Is. So, so let's let's take a look at this video, and then we'll jump into our our teaching for today. Check this out. It's just there's all this pressure, you know, and sometimes it feels like it's right up on me, and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head, and it's relentless and. I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail out- See, you're out- not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. Ow. come on. Ow. If you would just don't try to see things my way. Do I if you if you've been married, um you've had that conversation, right? Um we we've all all been there and uh and and so it's it's not about the nail, right? Um and so um I mean, I, I just want to be honest with you. I I I've been married for uh, almost go going on 13 years now and um, man, I I'm still figuring this thing out, and so I, I just want to tell you that, that as I as I teach today and as, as we talk through marriage, um, one of the things you have to know is just I, I I'm a fellow uh, person on the journey. Um, I'm figuring it out. I, I me and Kayla's marriage, um, as much as as good as it is, um, it, it's not perfect. Um, I, it's, I I don't I don't stand up here as someone who's got it all figured out. And so I just want you to know that. Um, second thing I, I want you to know too is um, if you're in the room today, um, I just want you to know that 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 you make a terrible Holy Spirit, okay. Um, and so if I say things today, and you're like, "Ooh, my husband really needs to hear that," don't elbow him, okay? Like 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 allow the Word of God to do its work, okay? Uh, allow the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. You make a crummy Holy Spirit. So, um, and so just just know that as as we get into this. This today, um, I th- in the early 2000s or late 2000s, I uh, should I say? Um, Kayla and I met kind of in the late 2000s, and um, before we were married, um, I th- there was a book series that came out um, called Twilight. Anybody kn- read Twilight? Anybody know what Twilight is? If you haven't read it, it's fine. It's dumb. Okay, um, it's not good, um, and the movies are 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 equally not good. Um, and unfortunately, I've watched them, but I refuse to read the books. Um, and, 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 and so I, I remember, though, when this book came out, I remember hearing like every, every girl in, the, in America was reading this book, okay? And I was like, what's the deal? Um, it's about a, a girl who falls in love with a vampire, and that's before vampires were really cool. Um, and I was like, like that just, it just sounds dumb to me. It just doesn't make sense. Um, and and so I remember having a conversation um, with with some, some people who had read the book, and they're like, oh, you there's just there's this guy in the book, his name's Edward, and he's just like the perfect guy. I'm like, he's a vampire. He's not even a, a guy. Like he, he's, how can he, this be good? But he's. They're like, well, he just he just pursues um, this girl, and he just goes after her heart, and he's always in pursuit of her, and. And, and he's just like the perfect guy. I'm like, well, that's just dumb. And and, and so and so so but there, there was an article that came out during this Twilight craze um, from somebody who's not a believer, um, someone who's not a Christian, but but, but the, this is this is uh, one of the things that they said about Twilight. They said the success of Twilight is a testament of the failure of the American marriage, men's inability to understand and meet the deep needs of a woman's heart. And so I thought that that was just a super interesting quote from that article because, um, because marriage, w- w- number one, I, I, as a man, so we're going we're to talk about wives and husbands. We're going to talk about that relationship, and we're talking about how there's this, you can't like, like, there's this mutual thing that's happening, and, and you have to have both sides of that, right? Um, but, but simultaneously, I am going to spend more time talking to men today, okay? Um, I, I'm going to talk to wives for sure, but, but I, I do want to just talk to men um, because I believe, and I believe the scripture teaches that, that, that we go first in our homes. Um, and, so, um, and so let me read the passage for us, and then we'll, we'll jump into this. We'll jump into this today, and so Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 21, and it says this, and just know this, okay, as I read this, I didn't write the mail, I'm just delivering it, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her, to make her holy and clean, "'washed by the cleansing of God's word. "'He did this to present her to himself "'as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle "'or any other blemish. "'Instead, be holy and without fault. "'In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives "'as they love their own bodies. "'For a man who loves his wife "'actually shows love for himself.'" And wife must respect her husband. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for inventing marriage and the blessing that it is in our lives. I pray, Lord, over the next few moments, Lord, that, that your word would be clear, um, that, 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 it would, um, that it would ring louder than any words I would say. And so I I pray, Lord, that that if there's marriages in the room today that that, that are going through a a hard season, I pray for you to begin the restoration process in those relationships. I pray for those in the room that desire to be married and and, and haven't gotten there, haven't haven't found that person yet. I I pray, Lord, that that they would be patient um, and that they would pursue you with their whole heart um, until that day comes. I pray for those in the room that um, their spouse has maybe passed away or um, and, and and I just pray, Lord, that you would comfort them in a special way today jesus we we need you, pray that you would strengthen and encourage our faith we love you in jesus name amen so uh, one of the things that we have to remember and understand is that is that marriage has been given to us by God okay this is this is god's idea not not ours but, but marriage is marriage is god's idea and, and and so so one of the things that we know is that marriage is a picture of the good news of jesus of jesus and his relationship to us the church That that the church is the bride of Christ, and and, and, and we are looking forward to when we will one day be with Jesus forever, okay? So so just know that that, that this is a marriage, is a picture of of, of Jesus and the church. Um, It's a picture of Jesus and the church. And so this is what Paul says, though, to the, the church in Ephesus in Verse 21, he says, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That, that so much of the, the Christian life can be marked by submission. So much of the Christian life can, can, can be marked by submitting to, well, number one, we want to submit ourselves to Jesus. Um, like, like it, we, that's, that's who we want to submit ourselves to. And then he begins to unpack um, the relationship between wives and husbands and know that, 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 when, that, that husbands have to be living out their role and wives should be living out their role. And there is this mutual thing that has to happen in unison together. And so even though I'm going to talk about wives and then I'm going to talk about husbands, know that these things are happening um, in, 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 in joint venture together, okay? Like they're, they're not separate from one another. And so... And so that, that's just uh, an important thing that we get into here. And so this is what it says in verse 22. It says, for, the, for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Submit to your husband as to the Lord. Now before, I, here's what I know immediately because of the culture we live in and the times we live in. And the, like, like I know historically There have been wicked men and wicked men, even within the context of the church, who have taken a verse like this, pulled it out of its context, and used it to subjugate women and wives in in a way that is ungodly and unbiblical. And I just want to just say that, that we here at Grace Hills stand firmly against that. That, 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 that as this, number one, this doesn't say, like, like, men, like, all women don't submit to all men. Like, like, that's not what this verse says, okay? This says, wives submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. We, w- wives, this, this, Paul is calling you to submit to your husband as your husband is living out his role as a godly husband. Okay? Like, like, like you, this isn't a call for you to, to walk and follow your husband into sinful things. This isn't a, a call for, for you to, to, to do things that, um, that you, that are uncomfortable and, and maybe not uncomfortable. Maybe that's not the right. This is not a call for you to do things that are ungodly and unbiblical, okay? This is not, uh, men, like we are not ever to, like I just want to be honest, like we, we are not ever to be like, like domineering in our attitude towards women or our wives. Like I, I don't believe that's what scripture teaches, that, that God created men and women both in his image, which makes us co-heirs with Christ, which makes us equal in value intrinsically, because God has declared it so. And that we have different roles that we play, sure. And I'm not, I'm not talking about traditional roles, I'm not saying that a wife has to stay home and a husband has to go to work. Like that, that's not what I'm saying. But, but we play different roles and we, that complement one another. All for the good of ourselves. All for the growing of our faith. That, 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 it, it, that this is what he said. And so wives submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. That when you submit to your husbands you honor the Lord. You make much of Jesus. For a husband is the head of his wife as is Christ is the head of a church. Because it is a picture of the gospel. Marriage is a picture of the gospel. Now, now, one of the things I think that this, this, this we, we need to touch on, though, here, is that, that wives, we, like wives, we, I'm not a wife. Um, wives, we, you have to respect your husband. You have to honor your husband. Even maybe when you don't want to. Even maybe when, when, you, when you, you wouldn't like to. Wives, Wives here, I, I think it says in verse 30, right in verse 33, it says, and the wife must respect her husband. Let me tell you, that the way your husband receives love is through you being respectful and honoring to him. That, 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 that if you want to suck the life out of your husband, if you want to um, kill his spirit, treat him with disrespect and dishonor. That, that uh, as men, Typically, as men, we receive love through res- through respect, through 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 honor. Like, and so so here's what that means. I think in a practical way. Okay, I, I think practically. Here, let me do this first. Let me read this verse here in Proverbs 21, 19. There's a lot of other Proverbs that say it too, but it says it is better to live alone. This is in a desert than with a quarrelsome and complaining wife. Better to live alone in a desert. It's better, there's another proverb that says, it's better to live on the roof of your house than in the home of a nagging wife. Easy, Nick. (laughs) You'll pay for that one later. (laughs) And and so so wives, here's one of the things I would just say. I think one of the most practical ways you can honor and respect your husband is how you speak of him to others. I, I think whenever you're hanging out with your friends, like like if you're if if it becomes a husband bashing party to have no part in that e- even even if, even if even if your husband would never even hear of that the fact that you are honoring your husband in in the midst of your friends that are bashing their husbands like like i i would just encourage you don't don't do that uh, i would encourage i would encourage you to to to, to speak well of your, like, like if you're constantly finding every little thing your husband does wrong and pointing it out to him, that's going to kill his spirit. That's going to make him feel unloved. Like, like if, he's, if he's trying to, to honor the Lord, he's trying to do things, and, he, and he's working at it, and he fails at certain points, and he doesn't do things as well as you thought he would do it, then let me just tell you, it's okay. You don't have to point it all out to him all the time because that will kill his spirit. That will show him disrespect and that you maybe don't care for him as much as you say you do. Instead, wives should respect their husbands. They should honor their husbands. They should love their husbands in a way with, 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 with their actions and with, with their, their words that they speak. Like wives, you, you carry an incredible, uh, you, you have an incredible opportunity to speak a lot of life into your husband. Let me tell you what, your husband is incredibly well aware of his shortcomings and failures he knows how messed up he is he doesn't he doesn't and i'm not saying there's not a point in time where you can't point things out to him because i think there is but but if it's every single thing he does in every single day and you're constantly riding him to get better let me just tell you what that that, that, that doesn't help him he knows he knows and so wives should submit to their husband. They should respect their husband. Honor their husband. He will feel loved when you do this. But now let me talk to the men. Let me talk to the husbands. Because I just want to tell you that the husbands, men, I, I think that our responsibility is incredibly weightier and greater. And so here's what, here's what Paul says to husbands in verse 25. He says, Husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Just as Christ loved the church. As I read that this week, I began thinking, okay, well, what, what are the ways that Christ loved his church? What are the ways that Christ loved his church? Because if this is my command as a husband, if this is, this is what I'm called to do, then, then, then what are the ways that, that, that Christ did that? And, and the first thing I thought of was, was this, is that he loved her first. He loved the church first. That that God, uh, Jesus wasn't sitting up there in heaven with his arms crossed, scowling at us and saying, well, once they get there, we'll act together. Once they begin to cherish me, once they begin to value me, once they begin to pursue me, once they begin to love me and respect me, then I will love the church. No, he loved us first. Which means he saw us in heaven and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That, that while we were still his enemy, while we had no desire for him at all, while, while we were still far from him, he came to us. He came out of love for you and for me. This is why 1 John 4.19 says that we love God because he first loved us. That as husbands, this is, this is our call. That we love our wives first. That we love our wives first. That this is what we have been called to. Which means, which means husbands. We don't sit back with our arms crossed and think to ourselves, well, when she gets her act together, well, when she, when she starts being respectful to me, Well, when she starts meeting my needs, when she starts doing what she's supposed to do, then I will love her. No, 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 no. That's not what scripture teaches us. It says that we love first because that's what Christ did for us. And we get to reflect that to the world when we love our wives first. Husbands, this is our call. To love our wives as Christ has loved the church. We love first. We love our wives, and we love them first. Some of the just practical ways that um, early on in our marriage, um, I was I I wasn't I wasn't great at this, to be honest. Um, I I wasn't. um, I was pretty selfish, and I'm still working out some of that for sure. Um, And I wasn't great at loving my wife first. Um, And and I remember um, I remember we just we just we were just like not on the same page a lot early on, and. And I remember just trying to figure out, okay, how do, I, how do I love my wife well? And I remember somebody recommending me something called the five love languages. And, and it, it's a tool, okay? No, it's just a tool. Like, it's nothing more than that. And, and, and the five love languages, I, I remember it's, and if you don't know what that is, Google it later. Um, but, but basically, um, it's, um, it, it's the way that we receive love. The way that we've, we receive love, okay? And so, so one of the ways is acts of service, right? So, so if I do something for my wife, then, um, then then she feels love. Her heart feels ministered to. Um, uh, it, or, or it could be words of affirmation. So I just have to speak life into my wife. I have to affirm my love for her. I have to tell her often. Um, it could be physical touch, self-explanatory. Number four, it could be gifts. So like, you, like s- some people just respond well to being uh, given a gift, right? Like the means of, hey, you're thinking of me. That ministers to their heart. That shows their love. And then the fifth one is called quality time, okay? Um, in, in which is, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be intentional about spending quality time with you. And, and I remember, as we were kind of, as I was working through this, one of the things I learned was that I like to give and show love the way I re- the way I want to be loved. Like like that's my natural tendency. as I, I, I mean, let me let me do something for you, right? Let, let me let me take care of your needs. Let let, let, me, let me go and let me do the dishes. Let me do the laundry. Let, let me do those things. But here's what I learned: that my wife doesn't actually really receive love all that well that way. That, that, that my wife receives love really well through words of affirmation and quality time. And so, and so, so just w- w- one of the things I learned is like, if I, if I will just send Kayla a text, like just randomly some day of the week in the middle of the day, and I'll just tell her how amazing and wonderful and how much I love her, if I would just do that, like then that means the world to her. That really ministers to her heart. Um, if I will plan intentional time for me and her just to spend together one on one without kids like like that ministers to her she 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 receives love in those two ways but 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 here's the thing to be honest with you I talk to people for a living i don't necessarily like when i get home i'm usually talked out like like i i, I don't i don't necessarily want to do that i don't i i'm sort of I'm I'm tired. I'm I'm done. But here's one of the things I'm I'm learning and I've learned is that that just because I feel that way, if I'm going to love my wife first, if I'm going to love my wife first, I'm going to have to do these things anyway, even when I don't feel like it. That this, that this is a way that I can demonstrate my love for my wife by, by spending time with her, by, by, by acknowledging how wonderful of a wife she is, by telling her how much I love her, by writing her a handwritten note, by just sitting on the couch instead of watching TV, sitting on the couch and looking at my wife in the face and having a conversation. Like That, 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 that expresses love for her. And this is, and so so I have been called to love my wife first, even when I don't necessarily feel like it. That this is what Jesus has done for me, and now I get to reflect that to my wife by loving her first. And so, so, so this is the first thing that we see here, right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. And then look, what does it say in the end of verse 25? And this is the the second thing I think that's really important for us to see. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his life for her. He gave up his life for her. One of the most important things that we have to understand as husbands is that Jesus gave himself up. He gave up his glory. He gave up his comfort. He gave up his all, All the riches, all all the glorious things that come from sitting in heaven with God for eternity, He gave that all up so that you and I could be rescued and redeemed. And now we, as husbands, are called to love our wives in this way: to give ourselves up, to sacrificially die, metaphorically die to ourselves for her good. For her good. That, that this is what we are called to do as husbands, to give ourselves up for, for our wives. Just to give ourselves up. And so I think that this is going to look different for every single one of us, right? Like, like we all, um, all of our relationships are a little bit different. All of our, um, our, 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 our things that, that we prefer in our own lives look different. Right, but, but, So I was trying to think this week, what, what are just a couple of practical things that I think apply to all men in general that I think could be helpful for your marriages? And so um, one, one of the things that, that I think is super important, one of the ways that you can sacrifice yourself, one of the ways that you can sacrifice yourself in your marriage is, is by guarding your heart and your mind and your thoughts and your bodies. Though. And here's what I mean. My wife has full access to everything in my life. There is not one thing in my life that, that, that my wife doesn't have the password for, she doesn't have access to. So, so, so for me, like, like, like my wife can grab my phone off the table wherever, anytime she wants. She can ask me for it at any time. She knows my password. She can check all of my accounts. She can check my emails. She has full and free access because I give up my privacy for, for the good of my wife. So that, so that she, one, it's good accountability for me as I grow in the Lord. But also it's so that she, she knows. She knows everything about me. She has access to it all. She has access to it all. For almost 13 years now, my wife and I, we go to bed together at the same time. Like, I just want to be honest, men. I, I don't think a lot of good happens from sitting there watching TV by yourself until 1 in the morning. I, I don't think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And so, so for 13 years, when my wife's tired and go to bed, even if I'm not ready, I'm going to bed with her. I'll sit in bed and read a book. I'll figure it out. But, but, but we're going to go to bed together at the same time. Because that's a way for me to guard my heart and my mind. For, for me to lay down maybe what I prefer for her. Second way I think that we can give ourselves up for our wives is in conflict. Like when we're, when we're having arguments. When well, we don't have arguments at our house, we have discussions, right? I don't know about your family, but that's what we do at our, we have discussions. And, and, and when we're in conflict, when we're in conflict, I want to be like Jesus. I want to give myself up for my wife. Look at First Peter chapter two with me real quickly. I want just want to read something, what, what has been given to us in Jesus and, and, and what has been asked of us in Jesus. First Peter chapter two, starting in verse 21. Um, here's what it says. It says, for, you, "For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you." He is your example. You must follow in his steps. He never sinned, nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. Who always judges fairly. Jesus didn't just die for our sins. He left us as an, as an example to follow. That, and, and so here's what that means. That, that maybe when you're in a conflict with your spouse, when you're in a conflict, and I think this could go outside of the marriage relationship too, but, but I think especially inside marriage. When you're in conflict with one another, and, and maybe some insults have been thrown, and maybe the, 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 the room, the temperature's getting hotter because, because you're just going at each other when things are beginning to escalate. As husbands, here's what I believe our job is. Our job is to de-escalate the situation. Our job is to be the peacemaker. Our job is to say, hey, maybe, maybe we need to walk away for a minute and then come back and have this conversation in an hour or so. That that, that I think as as husbands, we serve as the peacemaker. When our wives throw insults, we don't throw insults back. We we absorb that. That that when we're in those arguments and when we're in conflict, that we serve as the peacemaker. Why? Because that's what Jesus' example shows us. That even though he was... Insulted, even though he was mocked, even though he was shamed. He did not respond in anger, and he did not respond in, in yelling back at people. He didn't respond in fighting people with his words. He absorbed it for their good. And this is the example we've been given to follow in our marriages. This is the example that we've been given. And now here's what this doesn't mean, okay? Because here, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that there's not a time to speak the truth in love to our spouses. I think that there, there absolutely is moments where we have to, have to lovingly and gently point out things that are going on, things that we're seeing, things that we're concerned about. I think that there's a place for that. But, but, but I think that by and large, as, as men, oftentimes we, in our pride and in our anger and in our frustration in those moments of conflict, we want to bow up and we want to, uh, we want to uh, make sure that our authority is known rather than absorbing that for our wives and for their good. And I think that that we as husbands because Jesus showed us how to that we are the peacemakers in our home. That we don't escalate a conflict, we de-escalate a conflict. That we have to like like guys, we are super prideful people. Like we are so prideful that we don't want to be wrong in an argument. And sometimes we'll argue just because we don't want to be wrong even though we know we're wrong. Anybody else? No, just me? Okay. Right? But we have to be willing to lay it down for the good of our wives. For the good of our wives. So so why why does all this matter? Look at me in verse 26 and 27. This is what Paul, this is why I think that this is so important. He says, that, that, that he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, be holy and without fault. See, I think men, I think that this is really important. I think that this is incredibly important because at the end of the day when we stand before God we are God is going to hold us accountable for our wives spiritual growth and maturity as husbands God is going to hold us responsible for how we nurtured our wives faith how we helped them grow in their faith that God has placed on us spiritual authority to lead our homes towards him to lead our homes towards him and so so here's what this means and, and and i want to just like i just want to be honest with you like there there are times where i failed at this but but this means that that we shouldn't just trust that our wives are doing all of the bible study with our kids we we shouldn't just trust that we we shouldn't we shouldn't just just let our wives take the lead the spiritual leadership in our home It shouldn't be our wives saying, hey, we got to wake up early tomorrow and go to church. We should be, as husbands, taking the lead in that and saying, hey, listen, this is important for our family that we need to grow in our faith, and so we're going to prioritize gathering at the body. We're going to prioritize getting in a community group. That, husbands, we need to be taking the lead in these things. I know I I had a mentor um, when I was living in Kansas City. I had a mentor um, who's now passed away. His name was Dale Myers. And Dale... Dale invested in my life um, as, a, as, a, as a young man and as a, as a um, new husband, and, and Dale was just, Dale, Dale was just a, a godly, godly man. And I remember, I remember him just teaching me this idea of, of, of how apathetic we can be as men, how, how we want to put things in cruise control in our lives, and, and, and we don't want to take the initiative and, and he just taught me, he's like, Marcus, you take the lead. You take the initiative. Because your wife's spiritual growth depends on it. That God's going to hold you accountable for that. And so, so as husbands, this is, this is our calling. This is the weightiness of it. This is, this is why we love first. This is why we sacrificially lay our will down to love our wives well. Because, because in doing so, we help her grow in her faith. We help her grow in her spiritual maturity. We take the lead. We take the lead. That, we, that, that, that this is what we have been called to do. This is what we've been called to do. When's the last time, husbands, when's, when's the last time you spent time in the Word with your wife? And I'm not saying you have to spend six hours doing an in-depth Bible study with her. Like, like, that's not what I'm saying. When's the last time you even talked about the Bible with your wife? When's the last time you prayed with your wife outside of dinner? Like, intentionally asked me, when's the last time you even asked her, hey, how can I be praying for you? <coughs> that, that I think there's just little things, little things that we can do to love our wives and help them grow in their faith. That we have, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> that we have an opportunity as men to leave a legacy that like, outlives us. Like like the older I get, I know I'm not that old, but, but the older I get and the longer I'm married, like, like the more I realize that, that, that I really I have two goals in life. If I fail at everything else, I, I don't want to fail at these things. And so I, number one is, I want one day my kids to look down at my grave, look down at the casket or wherever they decided to throw me. I don't care. But but wherever that is, I want them to look down, and I want them to be able to say that my dad loved Jesus with his whole heart, and he pointed me to him always. I want my kids to be able to say that someday. Even even if I fail at everything else, I want my kids to be able to say that. And the second thing I I want to be able to say is, at the end of the day, when I'm gone, assuming my wife outlives me, because that's usually how it works, I want her to be able to look at our life and say, I would do it all over again. But I want I to want love my wife in a way where she doesn't regret a moment of it. Those are my goals. It doesn't, doesn't matter if I succeed at anything else. If I can do those two things well, man, if you can do those two things well, you are a success. You're a success. It doesn't matter what your 401k says. It doesn't matter how high on the corporate ladder you climbed. It doesn't matter anything else. If those two things can be said of you, you win. You win. So, like, the greatest gift we can give our kids, the greatest gift we can give our kids is a mom and dad who loved Jesus and loved one another even when it wasn't easy. So if you'd bow your heads and close your eyes today. <clears throat> here's, here's, here's what I want to do. I, I, I just think it's important, right? Like, like if I, I if I spent all this time up here talking what what I want to encourage you to do over the next few moments is is i want I want to just encourage you to spend some time in prayer uh, with your spouse I want you to pray out loud together right where you see it I think this is the, the the if if you can't pray in church together that's then that's, that's a problem, right? So, so let, like, this is what we gather. We'll pray with your spouse. If you don't, your spouse isn't here, you don't have a spouse, I, I would just encourage you, spend some time praying. How can you, how can you pray for the marriages in this room? How can you pray for the marriages in your community? How can you pray for your grandkids' marriage? How can you pray for the marriages of others around you? And how can you pray for your spouse if your spouse isn't here with you today? I believe that God answers prayer. And so, so what I want us to do for the next couple minutes, I just want us to pray. I just want us to pray together. And then the man's going to res- ask us to respond in, 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 in song. And, and I would just encourage you today, if your marriage isn't in a good place, that's a, it, I just want you to know you're, you're in good company, that it's okay to ask for help, and we want to help you in your marriage. And so you can use that next step card and you can write a prayer request down. And, we w- and I would love to pray for you and your family. Pray for your marriage. Pray for you if you're, if, you're, if you're seeking to be married. If your marriage is in trouble, though, and you need maybe maybe you need help. Maybe you need some counseling. And I would just say it's okay to ask for help. That this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. But, but let us help you in that. Maybe you need counseling. Let me just tell you, right. Just write that on your card. Hey, I, I want to talk to somebody. And we, our, our marriage is, is having a hard time. I, I need, we need some, some counsel. And we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll reach out to you this week. We'll, we'll figure out a time to sit down and talk. Maybe, maybe you don't want to talk to me, and that's fine. We, we've partnered with uh, an organization called Anchored Hope Counseling. Um, they're on our website. You can click their, the link there on our website, and it'll take you to there. And they, they have a, an online counseling. Where you can do uh, counseling through Zoom with them. And let me tell you what, they're, they're, they're great. So, so i just say, if, if, you, if your marriage needs help, it's okay. But don't stay there alone. Get help if you need help. So over the next few minutes, just pray with your spouse. Pray by yourself. Um, and, and then we'll respond in some.